Tonight on Throwback Thursday, as Tune FM celebrates 50 years, 1979. The largest living structure on Earth, the Great Barrier Reef, is a lacy, living wall spanning more than 2,000 kilometers of islands and submerged reefs between the Queensland coast and the western edge of the Pacific Ocean. We're joined by Dr. Carl Verners to discuss the opening of the first section of the Great Barrier Reef as a marine park in 1979 by the Malcolm Fraser government. With care, the future of Australia's living treasure, the Great Barrier Reef, will be at least as enduring as its magnificent past. This is 50 Years of Tune FM, 1979. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. It's Throwback Thursday time and we're up to the year 1979 and we're lucky to be joined by Dr. Carl Berners who's going to be talking with us about the Great Barrier Reef which was set aside to be, become part of a national park by Malcolm Fraser's government back in 1979. How are you doing? Very good. Thanks, Jacob. So how important and significant is the Great Barrier Reef to not just Australia but the world in terms of biodiversity? Well, it's, it's um, the largest uh, reef on Earth. It's, it's, uh, it stretches the length of Queensland. It's a, it's, it's the, uh, a reef that you can see from space. Um, it's an incredible structure um, built by tiny little coral polyps um, over thousands and thousands of years. And, and, it's, and it's, you know, been built up as the sea level has changed. The, the reef has kept, kept track with that, over, you know, since the last glaciation 10,000 years ago. Um, it's uh, in in all respects, it, it's a it's a wondrous thing, and and to think that we may have not protected it uh, back in the seventies is is uh, hard to believe when you th you know in the modern day. Absolutely, really hard to believe. So, uh, what kind of threats were we aware of in the seventies that led to it becoming uh, protected in that way? Well, it's funny, isn't it? Like you. you they, they say the past is like a is like a foreign country you know and and usually when they when people say that they're, they're talking about hundreds or thousands of years ago but going back to Queensland in the in the, in the mid 1970s it really was a different place um, that that's hard to fathom today uh, they were talking about blasting the reef and making um, uh, using the limestone to make uh, cement um, and to drill for oil on the reef. So um, the, the Bjelke-Peterson government, um, the conservative government of the day, actually wanted to uh, set aside only a very tiny part of the reef and ordered his, um, I think, mining minister of the day to, to gazette 80% of the reef um, as, as a mining lease to, to drill for oil. Wow. That's, that That's would incredible. Be a, <laughs> never even be considered today. Um, yeah, and, um, and, po and poet Judith Wright, um, who has a connection with New England actually likened it to, um, you know, the, the, the grinding up of the reef and turning it into concrete base or road bases. She likened it to, to taking the Taj Mahal and, and, uh, and breaking it down and using it as a road base. You know, it's, a, it's an equivalent sort of thing. You know, it's a natural wonder that um, it's, it's just really hard to fathom that this, this was a great idea back in the seventies. Absolutely. What, uh, to what extent is the Great Barrier Reef protected nowadays? Because that was just the first segment that was protected as of 79. Um, how much of it is protected today? Well, the entire reef now is protected. Um, it's, a, it's, it's part of a, a, the Great Barrier Reef Marine Park that stretches from one end to the other. 
Um, and it's a World Heritage listed site as well. So it has World Heritage status. Uh, and so it's the entire reef um, and not just the, the actual coral structure, but, you know, the, the buffer zone around that, you know, the inshore waters, the islands, um, the open water between reefs, you know, it all falls within that marine park. So it's quite, it's, it's an incredibly uh, large marine park um, and an incredibly important one. Absolutely. And um, what kind of threats is it still facing today? I mean, we're not trying to level it for mining and cement anymore, but what, what, is, um, what kind of threats is it facing today? No, that's right. And the people who, who were, you know, champion, who were champions of its protection back in the 70s and 80s warned that, you know, you have to be eternally vigilant about these things. And, and one of the things I teach in conservation biology here at UNE is that conservation biologists have to be eternally vigilant. Once you've achieved protection for something, you can't assume that that's always going to be the case. So the reef today suffers or, or faces threats from everything from uh, dredging to open up channels to allow more shipping to go through. Uh, there's an, an incredible amount of shipping that goes in and around the reef um, every day and every year. And so there's threats of uh, oil spills and there's always pressures to, to dig deeper ports to dredge channels so that bigger ships can come and go from, those, uh, from the Queensland mainland. Um, so that's one of the threats, but um, other threats include um, agricultural runoff from um, the sugarcane and other industries, uh, farming industries up and down the Queensland coast. And then, of course, the big one now is climate change, and that's having a massive impact on the reef. You know, and everyone's, I'm sure, aware of uh, recent years, the, the, um, the amount of uh, coral bleaching that's gone on. On the reef, uh, it's quite extensive in parts of the reef and the coral cover has been declining for the last decade or two on the, on the reef. Um, it's almost halved in the last 20 or 30, in the last 30 years, I think the coral cover, live coral cover has halved on the Great Barrier Reef. So we're slowly, it would seem, losing this incredible natural wonder. You've been listening to Throwback Thursday, 1979. Elsewhere in 79, on August 10th, Michael Jackson released his breakthrough album, Off the Wall. A young Michael Jackson began performing with his brothers in the Jackson 5 in the mid-1960s. They became popular throughout the late 1960s and early 1970s. A talented and former child star in his family singing group, he broke away in the mid to late 1970s to start a solo career and released his breakthrough album Off The Wall on August 10th, 1979. Off The Wall was his first solo album and established him as a serious and adult artist in sharp contrast to his previous bubblegum pop image and sound that he had as part of the Jackson 5. This album was the first solo album to produce four top 10 hits, including Don't Stop Till You Get Enough and Rock With You. Jackson also won a number of awards for his work on this album, such as an AMA for Favourite Soul or R&B Album and a Grammy Award for Best Male R&B Vocal Performance on Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. This was the first step in Jackson's ascension to the throne of popular music as the King of Pop. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. This is My Sharona by The Knack.
You're listening to Throwback Thursday 1979, the opening of the Great Barrier Reef Marine Park with Dr. Carl Verners. Which is a bit concerning. What do you think then is the path forward from a policy or from a, um, an, a sustainability and protection standpoint into the years to come? Yeah, it's hard to say, isn't it? Because, you know, climate change is, is, is like a, a runaway train. Um, it's going to be a hard one to, to rein that in. Um, you know, some of the things that, that, that are being done is um, uh, transplanting coral uh, in different parts of the reef, trying to look at ways of um, selecting uh, particular genotypes of corals that are more resistant to warm water uh, temperatures so that they don't bleach as easily. Uh, so there's, there's those kinds of things going on to try and combat global warming. I mean, I think to combat global warming, we all have to, the entire world has to do something about it. So unfortunately for the Great Barrier Reef, it's a global problem that it faces and it needs that global solution. Um, but there's a lot that can be done f- for some of the other threats, you know, the, the, the shipping and the, um, and the agricultural runoff, you know, they're, they're things we actually can control if, if we care enough about it. And, you know, as far as any conservation action or any, um, you know, call for protection of, of natural resources, it's, it comes down to how much do we care? How much do we really want to get behind conservation agencies, uh, lobby governments, um, and do something about it as a people? I think, you know, it's, it's up to us to some degree as well. Absolutely. So for somebody uh, not in government who does care that much about the Great Barrier Reef, are there any ways that we can um, try to, to put some of our money or our actions into action and protect the reef? Yeah, um, well, you know, the, the age-old technique of writing to governments and, and explaining the importance of these, these things are, um, are still relevant in the modern day and, um, and um, you know, making uh, informed choices at the ballot box is, is also important. Um, but visiting the reef, you know, um, is, is something that, um, that you can get great enjoyment out of. And I think if you... Have have you ever snorkeled on the reef, Jacob? Have you snorkeled or dived on the Great Barrier Reef? I haven't uh, been lucky enough to be that far north into Queensland, but one day I will be. Because <laughs> if you did, uh, if you got yourself onto the reef, uh, mask and snorkel, uh, swimming above that coral, seeing a big uh, uh, green turtle swim past, um, seeing all of the cor- colourful fish, and um, you know the the wonder that is the Barrier Reef. I think you come away a changed person, and. Um, and if enough people uh, did that, I think we'd see uh, more and more people uh, getting behind conservation of the reef. And, you know, so that's a simple action of informing yourself about how wonderful this is by, by going and seeing the place, um, you know, can, can, can make a big difference going forward in, in terms of a population sense, you know, in terms of enough people getting behind it. Um, you know, there are... Um, there are, of course, you know, in terms of putting your money into things, there are, you know, um, conservation agencies, uh, NGOs that, that, that do good work on the reef. Um, but I'm not sure that's, that's going to solve the problem entirely. So, you know, we need to do all of those, all of those things, everything from combating global warming down to, um, you know, writing to governments and, and, uh, and, and voting at the ballot box to, to show how much we care about these, these kinds of assets, you know, not just a barrier reef, but, but all of our wonderful natural assets in Australia. 
You've been listening to Throwback Thursday 1979. Elsewhere in 79, the experimental space station Skylab crashed back to Earth during July. Skylab was launched by the United States in May of 1973 and was NASA's first space station. It was occupied by three three-person crews for about 171 days between its launch and February of 1974, and there were over 300 experiments performed. The space station had a few technical difficulties when a meteoroid shield was ripped off during launch and damaged the solar panels. It was in orbit for a total of 2,249 days before its orbit decayed the space station and plummeted back to Earth. Engineers calibrated its orbit so that by the time it crashed, it would be over the Indian Ocean and not in range of a populous area. But some debris did land in Western Australia. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. This is Don't Bring Me Down by Electric Light Orchestra.
You're listening to Throwback Thursday 1979, the opening of the Great Barrier Reef Marine Park with Dr. Carl Verners. Absolutely. So just going back to 1979 for a second, how much of a difference do you think it's made that first decision to uh, designate a part of just a part at the time of the Barrier Reef to be a marine park? How much of a difference do you think that's made to how we've managed to protect the Great Barrier Reef so far? Yeah, well, luckily, even back then in the 70s in Queensland, and I don't mean to have a crack at Queensland too much. I did live there for many years myself, so I'm not, you know, I, I, I grew tired when I lived in Queensland about the, the jokes of Queensland being 20 years behind everyone else. But, you know, back in the 1970s, it really was a little bit like that, I have to say. Um, uh, but even back then, they had to do um, environmental impact assessments. You know, they couldn't just... Um, one thing it's one thing to designate the reef as as an oil um, as an oil resource to be tapped but uh, the next thing you have to do or had to do back then and still have to do now is to then do environmental impact assessments and when that was done uh, properly uh, then of course the, the the realization was that this is an amazing natural wonder uh, that uh, mining or other um, forms of um, of exploitation like that really just were not um, not, not not going to fly. Uh, interestingly, the Queensland government, the first thing um, they did was in was hire a, um, a, a so-called expert who was heavily lobbied with the uh, or heavily um, aligned with the mining industry in the U.S. They got this person out to um, to assess the value of the reef, and in and in less than a month, this person claims to have traveled the length and breadth of the reef and, and declared that it wasn't particularly valuable. <laughs> so, thankfully, the federal government of the day um, uh, didn't accept that uh, and, um, and more work was, was, was uh, commissioned and, and the real story came out about how fantastic that was. And um, I'm, I'm old enough to know, as a, remember as a child, you know, my mother um, uh, telling me to watch this show on TV because it was all about the Barrier Reef and how much in danger it was. She said we should write a letter to the government and explain to them how important we think it is. So I was just, I don't know what I was, five or six or seven years old at the time, but it's one of my early memories of, um, of what you can do. If, you know, you, you can uh, throw your hands in the air and say we can't do anything or you can do what you can do. And what we could do was, was write a letter to the, to the Australian government saying, you know, as, as citizens of this country, we think it's really important. And... Not saying that made any difference at all, but, you know, enough people do that and, and, and governments do listen. Absolutely. Um, it's a very common interest that we get here at Tune, people being interested in biodiversity and plants and animals and all that sort of thing. So on a UNE standpoint, while units are still open for enrolment for another four or five days, what kind of units can people be, be doing if they're interested in the Great Barrier Reef or Australian biodiversity in general? Right. Well, um, yeah, there's, um, I've just finished teaching conservation biology for T1, so you can't take that one uh, anymore. But um, I've just uh, begun teaching a, a unit uh, called wildlife ecology and management. That's something that I, uh, that I teach uh, as a third year unit. And, um, and that uh, has a strong environment, environmental conservation angle to it and wildlife management. So managing um, uh, species that are threats to our native animals or native animals themselves that are that are overabundant and causing problems for people so that's that's one angle but there's lots of ecology units at UNE that you can take that um, uh, everything from uh, first year ecology which is eco 100 you can enroll in that this trimester 
uh, through to second and third year units. So we've, we actually have a lot of really good ecology um, uh, researchers and lecturers at this university and, really, and we, we are strong in, in that area of um, more broadly biodiversity conservation and, uh, and ecology. So yeah, the world needs more, more ecologists, more conservation biologists. So I'm strongly in favor of students making those choices. Absolutely. Get on board. Well, thank you so much for joining us to talk about the, the Great Barrier Reef and uh, helping us to celebrate 50 years here at Tune by looking back at 1979. It was a pleasure, Jacob. See you later. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. Don't forget to join us this time next week. We're up to the 80s now. We'll be talking about 1980. Thank you for listening to Throwback Thursday 1979. Don't forget to join us next week as we move on to 1980 and discuss the assassination of John Lennon in December 1980. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM, your home of student-powered radio for the last 50 years.